Welcome wide to a special edition of the League Scene. Today we're going to be taking a bit of a break from our normal format and we're just going to be discussing the state of the game. But as you've probably guessed by the title, it is not just a look at Australia. Today I'm joined from the other hemisphere, the Northern Hemisphere, by massive Super League fan, massive St. Helens fan, has his own podcast. Let me just make sure I get the correct name of it to introduce him properly. The Rambling Saint podcast, Johnny Lou. Johnny, welcome to the program, mate. Hey AJ, how's it going? I'm <laughs> I'm glad to be here. <laughs> glad to be here. That's the way I like to hear it. So, massive Saints fan, but also a Panthers fan. Just give us a bit of an introduction into that background quickly. Yeah. Um. Obviously, on the face of it, it sounds like I'm a massive glory hunter. Uh. Especially when, <laughs> especially when you throw in the fact that I'm a Man United fan in the football. But uh. It's it's not actually like that, <laughs> I promise. Uh, so I'm from St. Helens, that's why I support Saints. But uh, I got into the NRL. My first game, because I've only been to one game of NRL, and it was my first ever rugby league game that I remember. Um, I was seven at the time, 2003, and it was New Zealand Warriors versus the Melbourne Storm. And I think, if I remember rightly, it was something like 14-12 to the Melbourne Storm. Um, because I've got family in New Zealand, so that's basically why, uh, I, why I went to the game. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, so really, I should be a Warriors fan. Um, but I never really actually followed the NRL until around twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. Um, so twenty thirteen when I was properly watching it, Saints. I was looking for a team to follow, and Saints had announced the double signing of Mossy Masoy and uh, Luke Walsh from Penrith. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know what? I uh, I like Ivan Cleary as well, who was, I think, the coach in 2013, if I remember rightly. Um, and obviously, them two had signed for Saints, so I thought, well, why not follow the Panthers? And they were not the greatest at that point. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's just a coincidence that now they are on top. I am, you know, I am also a Penrith as well as the world champion Saints fan. <laughs> I love that dig, mate. I absolutely love it. We'll uh, talk about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny because I, at the time, I've got obviously a, a lot of Penrith, um, Penrith fans on NRL Twitter. And uh, what's called, I got on the podcast, the Big Cat Chat with Jack for a World Cup Challenge mm-hmm. preview. And I was just like, you know what? I went, I used to say I support Penrith, but the World Cup Challenge made me realise I just follow Penrith. I don't support them. <laughs> because I was just I the amount of abuse I was given, like even people like Jack who have a mate with, I was just like, nah, fuck <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I was just like, no. I was like, I am one hundred percent saying to you you cut me down the middle and I bleed red and white. So, uh, so yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so let's just talk about state of the game because obviously a lot of difference between how we run things in Australia, how we run things in Europe. Obviously, Super League have the much talked about relegation promotion system, but that is undergoing quite a significant change uh, from the 2025 season. We hope with this. <laughs> Fingers crossed. You never know with the RFL; they can be a bit of a stitch up <laughs> merchant, a bit, but. <laughs> Uh, talk us through this uh, IMG proposal. Do you think it's a good thing for the game? And do you think it'll take Super League and Rugby League, importantly, away from B 
being just a corner of England rather than a wide stream approach. Now, this is where things get a bit tasty, in my opinion, um, because the IMG proposals, I am so for them. Honest to God, mate, I've, rugby league in England, sports anywhere in the world should not be a democracy for a start. Um, in my, like, I just think it has to be a dictatorship and you have to have someone who knows what they're doing. Um, as much as people will argue against and for that, um, that's my opinion. And at the minute, the RFL, the way they've ran the sport for the past God knows how long, have failed constantly. And it's been wanting to have, it's had a, major consultants within the game even going back to like the 60s and 70s with our consultants coming in telling them what they need to do and they've never really followed it so with the img coming in who obviously have taken ufc to a whole new level tennis to a whole new level um they've come in and said look we see a lot of potential in your sport these are the proposals we're going to do a year of research into what we think could work and you know everything else, and then we'll start putting our plans together. We're on a profit share scheme. You're not paying us any money. We just want to make money from your profits in the end. So their long-term goal is to see Super League and Rugby League in this country as a profitable business. But, and it's a big but, um, Rugby League in England is very backwards. Um, It's very tribal. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of clubs that fight for themselves. So you see it massively with teams like Wakefield, Castleford, um, over the years that have never spent the full salary cap or never even gone anywhere near it. Um, Constantly changing stadium plans, for example, to not fit planning permissions, etc., in order to kind of keep um, their own self-interests. You've seen it when Toronto had funding pulled, um, they got new owners and they said, look, we'll pay the players if you allow us back in Super League, but we want some of the money that you're gaining because the TV deal um, was also based around Toronto, New York coming into the Super League and Rugby League franchise. Um, and a lot of the clubs voted them out because it meant that they lost um, a bit of the money because when Argyle first came in the Super League, he wasn't going to take any other. Um, the distributed cash that we got from the TV deals. So um, they basically voted them out in order to get 150 grand each, which in the long run has now cost Super League massively because there's no commercial market in America. There's no step in America. Um, So IMG have come in and gone, right, we want to get rid of relegation. What do you think of that? Clubs have eventually voted for that. Great. They then went, right, we want to get rid of Magic Weekend for a few years in order to, you know, get rid of the loot fixtures and everything else to basically um, keep the game as a structure as, you know, everyone plays each other home and away, end of story. And the clubs voted against that, so Magic Weekend is staying, which I'm fine with, to be honest. And then IMG have recommended again that they get rid of all the loot fixtures, but we do it in a steady fashion. So going from 27 games next year to um, 25 games the year after to 23. So only losing two home games a year by the end of it. Um, 
the clubs have decided to vote against that. So it, the clubs in England, I don't know why they've allowed to have so much power, um, especially when they've all kind of decided that, yes, the sport needs help, the sport needs this new vision, and now they're just kind of going against it. So I've got a lot of optimism that IMG will, you know, work wonders over here and really spread the game out with especially the categories that they've got. So I think the four categories are based on on-field success, um, catchment areas, um, like stadium and facilities, and I can't remember what the fourth option, fourth category is, but there's four categories. They've got to tick them boxes and then they get graded. Your A teams will remain in Super League. Your B teams will swap and change as opposed to, and you gain more points depending on what categories you tick and improve on. And then your C teams will be basically like your feeder clubs, your, your League One sort of format. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a big fan of categories. I'm a big fan of licensing. We had it right originally in 2009, 10-ish when we went to licensing. Um, but in classic English rugby league fashion, we gave it four years and then went, right, it's not working, we'll change again, um, which is just not the way forward. You've got to have long-term visions. The NRL mm-hmm. did it in the 90s when you know, the, and the early 2000s when Super League War ended and you know they kind of had that long-term vision and they kind of had a, right, well, we know where we want to be. Let's put the stepping stones in to get there. This is what mm-hmm. IMG are trying to do. But the problem is, is it's what twenty five years too late, and rugby league in this country is in a real bad state. Not as bad as rugby union, but also we're not capitalising <laughs> on the rugby union side of things and going, well, you know, they're struggling, so why aren't we capitalising on that? Because we're too busy fighting amongst ourselves. So it's yeah. a, it's. A, <laughs> I'm really passionate about it because I was going to say should be. I know I've just rambled on for about seven minutes about this. That's okay. <laughs> but... You explained it perfectly. You explained it perfectly. So I just want to say the categories yeah. you had community, finance, foundations, yeah, yeah, yeah. a talent performance pathway, women's team inequality, diversion, and inclusion yeah, yeah. as those minimum standards. So yeah. that's a good thing. Uh, obviously, thing. evaluated the tiers nicely. A couple of lower league clubs, which had Feverston, Batley, Barrow, Keasley, Dewsbury, Hunslet. All opposed the plans, which doesn't surprise me because yeah. tribalism, as you were saying yeah. before. And and also they're all in like the same postcode. So <laughs> they just want to keep on bashing each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to talk about Super League on the field this year because and I just need to continue to say this. Media coverage of Super League sucks. It is rubbish. <laughs> Like, is that just over there? Because over here, we it's only, awful. <laughs> like, we, we don't get the Channel 4 game. We only get the Sky game. Do you not? We don't get it, no. Oh, that's shit. You might do it from next year because Sky are producing all of them. Even so, the... Oh, they haven't done the uh, domestic broadcast deal yet. Or the free-to-air one uh, before well, yet, have they? They've agreed it, and they've agreed that every game will be televised and produced by Sky. That's good. They've agreed that, but it's not necessarily going to be shown on Sky over here. So, which I don't, I can't see that happening. Um, because why would Sky have the producing of every single game if they're not going to at least air it and broadcast it on their channels, whether it's extended highlights or what? 
Um, mm -hmm. So basically, it's going to go like up to tenure, whether we use our our league apps or whether we use um, the likes of Channel 4, but Channel 4 pay for it, because at the minute, Channel 4 are getting it for free. They just pay for the broadcasting of it. So they produce it yeah. and all that. Because I want to say, like... On the like, I have to watch the highlights of the Channel Four games, but their coverage seems a lot more energetic so than better. you do on Sky. Oh, well, we have Adam Hills, for example. Um, I love Adam he's Hills. The main, yeah, he's obviously Aussie legend, mm -hmm. and uh, and like he's just he brings so much energy. But Helen Skelton, who mm -hmm. you know, well, she used to be married to Richie Myler, who plays for Leeds. Um, yeah, she now isn't. The commentary, yeah. though, is a breath of fresh air when watching Sky. Yeah, Mark Wilson is so good. Like, um, he's done a couple of Sky games, but because he's a freelance commentator. But mm -hmm. honestly, like, Sky have to... Heard him a bit in the World Cup. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a lot for BBC. But, like, BBC's Bitch. commentary is awful. That's oh, so outdated. With, with Jonathan Kid. Davies and all... <laughs> like, it, Just it, that's the... the main problem with... Sky BBC, it just needs a whole big shake up, and they go right. This is we're gonna just sack you all. <laughs> we're just gonna yeah. release you from your contracts, and mm -hmm. then do um like actually put decent commentators on. Like you've got Barry and Terry who just whittle on nonsense all game. I like they should just be on either like a a, a Matty John show type show where they just have a, a mess about, or they should just. Bog off. <laughs> like, <literally, laughs> oh, like, I'm just going to so say, insane. too, like, and this is the same problem here in Australia. When Ray Warren retired, there was not, we had a plan B ready to go. When Eddie yeah. and Steve O retired, there didn't seem none. to be that plan B. And Bill Arthur was thrown from the sideline into the box and said, Oh, here you go. <sighs> He's all, I don't know if you'd listened to the game last night. I've heard a couple but... of World Club challenges with him, and I've wanted to throw my TV at out the window. I, yeah, he just keeps going on. Like, fair enough, keep going on about it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna complain about it. <laughs> we'll just watch the game What's on mute. The word that he says, he just says, he says jubilant about a hundred times in <laughs> in every game, and it's just like Bill. Just can they put you back on the sideline, pal? Like you were good at that, and you shouldn't be the main commentator. Barry and Terry shouldn't be the co-commentators, but like you've got the likes of John Wilkin who does the pre-match stuff, who speaks really well, but he's also like he he just says it as it is, which is kind of a bit like me, whereas a yeah. lot of fans don't like that, where you just yeah. kind of have to put it in black and white, and if you don't like it, yeah. tough. But also Brian Carney hosted, well. doesn't he? Yeah, he's very good, Brian Carney. Um, I like him hosting it. And but it's like we had Paul Schofield on as guest commentator, uh, guest <sighs> analysis, and yeah. he's so good. And like he's he, he used to be the face of um, Gillette, the razor brand over here. Like back when he was playing, he was sponsored by them. So he was on adverts with David Beckham, with Roger Federer, um, and they had another one as well. There was four of them, and they were all mm -hmm. on adverts for Gillette over here back when he was playing and he's like he's a he's the only person to win the man of steel two years on the bounce and oh like, really he should yeah, yeah yeah he should be getting he should be really the face of rugby league over here and we haven't mm -hmm. utilized that um obviously he does a lot of work with saints still um but it's like and you even go like further back um and looking at like super league back in the day we used to have um what's his name richard branson 
involved at London Broncos. We used to have so many big names in our sport. Bullmania? We've, we've kind of, yeah, Bullmania, of course. And, Can't <laughs> forget that. Nah, never, never forget that. The uh, the salary cap cheating <laughs> Bradford Bulls. <laughs> to be fair, they got but, what's coming to them about 20 years down the track. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> non-existent now. They're the trying to make a push. The stadium's not changed since about the 1950s. Um, yeah, the, the odds severely Odsel. out of date. Mate, odds but... used to be like the figurehead of like rugby stadiums in the in the whole of the Northern Hemisphere. It was like odds was the main. Like if you spoke about a rugby ground, they'd speak of Twickenham, and then odds probably. What <laughs> it, it'd just be that high up, and now it's just like you know, not even a shadow of its former self. They have caravan derbies there now. <laughs> So, so you know, yeah, they're lucky to average five thousand. It sums up rugby league in this country. But yeah, coverage is awful. Uh, we don't have any other like um, side shows, which I've said for years. Like they've got the hour league app, and they could well produce their own shows themselves and like have a subscription service where it's like they have podcasts and stuff. Where like yeah. you get the podcast, you get. Um, you get, say, like a show with Barry and Terry doing like fun games with someone hosting, um, and then like you can you can have that as like a side show of during the week, and then if Sky like it, Sky can, you know, air it and pick it up or whatever. Yeah, hundred percent. It just seems like there's a lot of like we used to have boots and all back in the day. Um, oh, we had something um, like that here in Australia for a while. Yeah, yeah, which was like good reviews of the games and stuff like that. And also like little um little activities and games that like they used to play with Barry and Terry. That's how Barry and Terry ended up getting commentating because there used to be like a sideshow on Boots and All. Um mm-hmm. it used to be like the Barry and Terry section. So like that's how basically like where they used to interview players and stuff like that. Um kinda like what the footy show used to be like over there. Where they ah, used yep. to have like little side sections and but like yeah, the media coverage has just gone so downhill, and and it's like on the Sky Sports app over here, like where you get your news and that. It's very rare rugby leagues, like one of the top four articles when you're scrolling through, and like now it's now below rugby union on the categories section, and it's just kind of a bit. It's grim in the media at the minute because, but you you reap what you sow. We we don't have any of the main media markets really. Um, in our names, so we have Salford instead of like Manchester. Um, so like we we don't have London anymore, which is the biggest media market in the whole of Europe. <laughs> I mean, you think of it, it's it's literally London, Paris, and we used to have Paris back in the early days of Super League. So like we used to have you had, um, Toronto <laughs> as well with the the Celtic Crusaders. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and then went to Wrexham Crusaders. And then went to North Wales Crusaders, and now, a st- I think in the Championship, North Wales Crusaders still. Um, but it's stuff like that, and it's like, it's just so gutting that it, for us, it's such a great sport. But because we've let these big markets go, because we've let them, like we we got rid of Toulouse last year. When, I mean, that's a city of one million people in the south of France, <laughs> like. It's also got a massive football team. It's got a massive rugby union team. 
And it's if if there is a city in France that could thrive with rugby league, it's going to be Toulouse. It fits all the boxes, and we've just let them go down straight away and like replaced them with Lee. Which granted, Lee have gone and pumped money into the club, and that's fantastic. Um, but we're still stuck with Castleford after Wakefield finally confirmed the relegation after 25 years of clinging on to dear life. They got a, they uh, got very lucky with a couple of big great escapes. Let me tell you, like last year, oh, man, Toulouse last just year. evaporated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally just went downhill, and Wakefield had this sort of mid-season revival out of Corey nowhere. Norman got a bit fingery. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard about the um, the controversy because I think he's been he was playing amateur league in France. He got done playing his um, suspension, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was playing his suspension and then went to <laughs> London Broncos ah, and then yep. didn't serve his suspension there because he said he served it in France. But then they got the reports back and he was like, no, he never served the seven games that he owns. <laughs> so now he's in hot water over that. <laughs> like he's been playing well in... Let me have a look. I just had it up here a moment ago. Corey Norman, here we go. Because he's playing with Dean Vara and a couple of interesting names in this yeah. London side. Yeah, Ten games... We signed them mid-season, both of them. Ten games. He's, his goal-kicking's been good. He scored a try. He's got 42 points, and London are on track to play in the second division finals. But it looks like Featherstone are going to be runaway promotees this year. 23 yeah, wins, but we've, two losses. we've said that for the past four years, I think, and they've, never, they've always flapped it in the semi, which is good. <laughs> that, is one, that is one club I really don't like. If we replace Wakefield with Featherstone, Instead of the likes of London, Toulouse, even Halifax or Bradford would do better. Sheffield, like, it's just awful. The thought of another Wakefield postcode coming up for Wakefield. Wakefield's (laughs) actually, just to cut in there, uh, Wakefield's actually where I want to turn to because we are taking one of their players at the Roosters next year in Lewis Murphy. Now... This has created a bit of a problem here because Saints had a deal and then the Roosters came in nicely underneath and said, hey, pack your bags and come to Australia. <laughs> yeah, well, what would you accept? 30000 or 90000 I'm living yeah. in Australia. So, <laughs> living in St. <laughs> yeah. Ellen's or Sydney? I mean, Fair Bondi, enough, Bondi or, you know, Southport. Which one do you want? <laughs> um, it's, it's not a tough option, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, we had I'll... everything... A- agreed halfway through last year and saints were honestly mate i was so excited to to see him because he's such a raw talent and that's the most important thing i think especially with australian um young imports they need them to be you know not fastly experienced in the super league way and also kind of because they can manipulate them into their own Mm -hmm. styles like like you see with dom young you know he only made two appearances at Huddersfield before joining at 18 um, and I think Lewis Murphy has got every single chance to progress and um, it won't be next year I don't think where he'll break through at all but I think the year after halfway through we might get a chance with injuries or something and he's rapid mate absolutely rapid Um he's only short so it will be a bit of a difference to uh, Daniel Tupu mm-hmm. um, six foot five monster. I think that's probably why they've given him an extra year as well, because they kind of know he won't be ready. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll bring him and... in for a New South Wales Cup next year just to see where he's at, but 
this actually spawned off quite nicely because we've got a lot of Australians that are come, uh, sorry, you, British players that are coming across because we've also yes. got Kai Pierce, Paul, Will Price, of course, the son of Leon Price coming across next year. And this is sort of something I want to talk about because it's a very common, I think, misconception that, oh, British players come down here and flop. Like, there's a lot of things that <sighs> go right. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And a classic example for me is Joe Burgess when he came to the Roosters. Like, yeah. that side, we got done. We were missing. Joe Rhea Hargreaves was coming back from an ACL injury. Boyd Cordner coming back from off-season pectoral surgery. Mitch Pearce got done doing whatever he got done doing. Uh, <laughs> we lost two of ours Report. to Sheck. Lost Maloney. Lost Michael Jennings as well. Yeah. And Joe Burgess kind of got thrown in on the wing. And yeah. as much as I, I don't like Joe Burgess at the Roosters, I, he turned into a fine player at Seas, but I don't think he'll be coming down anytime soon. You could kind of say the same thing for Oliver Gildart as well. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is the wrong club at the wrong time mm-hmm. when they go on about the failures. You look at Sam Tompkins. He had every single attribute to be an absolute world beater in Australia. Injuries didn't help. But the fact that A, he's probably not big enough to play fullback in the NRL. I think you've mm-hmm. got to have a bit of beef to play fullback there. I mean, you look at the likes of even even like the, the likes of AJ Brimson um, and obviously like Latrell Mitchell and even like, you know, they've all got like a similar build in the NRL. The only one mm-hmm. that probably doesn't fit that category is probably Dylan Edwards, who's a bit slender. That's why I think Campbell will, he, he's either got a move to six or kind of just push through and get a bit bigger. Um, but Sam Tompkins, when he went over, he went to New Zealand Warriors who weren't exactly in the best spot when he went over. Um, they they were kind of lacking around 10th place, and, and they kind of bought him to, you know, change the club and be the star player, and it was kind of a lot of responsibility at a young age that he probably wouldn't have suited. I think he'd have suited Sydney life more than Auckland life as well. Yeah, um, and I might just jump in here and say uh, their coach, yeah. Matthew Elliott, got sacked after five weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I might just no throw surprise. that out there. I might just throw that out there. I know UK fans have a bit of experience with Matthew Elliott, but uh <laughs> but Is that with Bradford? Uh, yeah, Bradford. Yeah, uh, let me have a look. I think he was part of Bullmania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He let was. me have a look. Matthew Elliott, yeah, Bradford. League, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he... so this... yeah, go on. Yeah, because then he went to Canberra. And then, yeah, very interesting time to see. He lost a grand final in 1999 to Saints by eight points to six. Yep. But now that I get to talk about UK signings flopping, there is one name that I absolutely despise, Jordan Tansy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what about him? <laughs> Castleford uh, legend. How much time do we have, mate? Because this could go for quite a while. <laughs> Go on, I'll let you vent. <laughs> uh, fuck. Jordan Tansy was brought to the club. Hang on, let me have a look at our gains and losses real quick because I don't even know why he was brought to the club. But he was, regardless, he came. Uh, he was. Yeah, Hall FC. One of the slowest fuckers I've ever seen in a game of rugby league. 
He came prime of his career, 22 years of age, played seven first-grade games, was moved to hooker to move Brafe Anasta to fullback. <laughs> yeah. Scored only one, scored only one try and went back to Super League to go play with Hull the next year. So that is why I do not like Jordan Tandy. Was it Was it even the next year before he joined halfway through that year, didn't he? No, he came... Oh, yeah, hang on. Jesus, we did get rid of him that quick. Yeah, I'm pretty certain it was, he, he joined just before the deadline back at yeah. Hull. To be fair, <laughs> I was um I was five at the time and I still hated Jordan Tandy, so I've got to have that going for me. <laughs> So but, who was your first hatred? <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, apparently, before I could um, remember, I was booing Saints legend Mark Edmondson off the Sydney Football Stadium a couple of times. Fuck off, really? <laughs> Mark Edmondson. He was the next morning. Against Wigan. Yeah. I forgot he even went the NRL. How many games did he play? He played two. Yeah. He scored a hat-trick in the 75-0 against Wigan, and he will always be a legend for that. 75-0? Yeah, we beat them 75-0. It was when Ian Millwall got sacked by Saints for off-field stuff. And then about three weeks later, Wigan were like, oh, well, we'll appoint him to kind of point score. Um, Absolutely stunk. Uh, I think they got beat 70-0 on the week before against Leeds Correct. and then they got beat 75-0 against Saints and um, yeah Mark Edmondson got a hat-trick, I think Nick Fozar got a double uh, Jamie Lyon only scored one in that game out of, the, out of all the tri-scorers you wouldn't have expected Jamie Lyon to have only scored one in a 75-0 victory <laughs> Even Jammer crossed and, Yeah, Jammer <laughs> did and I think that was, was it 2005 that? Correct so the year after he won Man of Steel at like 20 or 21. Oh, my mate Ashley Klein's refereeing. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, that was when he was in Super League. <laughs> he was too shit for the NRL, so he went to Super League. Then he came back and stunk the joint up here. And yes, you and can't tell us. ref. <laughs> okay. Who I was starting to like you, Johnny. I was starting <laughs> to like you, but after that remark... After what I had to put to up watching fair, last mate, night. I, I, can't, I can't believe he gave a forward pass for the Will Hopawati try in the World Cup Challenge. That would have sealed it off. I was he just had to honour his English that. roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. imports will go in next year. Like Kai Pierce-Paul, um, last year had an absolute stinker. I really don't, because there was kind of um, rumours that he'd already signed and this, that and the other. Um, but obviously over here, they can't announce the signings for the year after until mm-hmm. the year before. Whereas like you guys announced them like 18 months to over a year in advance. Like yeah, with we've Kick got out, some... He was like, obviously, yeah, he was and stuff like that. Um, so we kind of all knew that he was going and we knew that Price was going. Um, but obviously like the the... They couldn't announce it, so I don't know whether that affected Kai Pierce Paul. But once it's come out, he's just he's been exceptional for Wigan this year. Um, and he's a Londoner, so he's uh, he came through at the Broncos Academy, and uh, yeah, he's 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 a really really good player. 
Um, but I hope he doesn't end up like Joe Chan because um, he's obviously made his debut for Melbourne, but he's a really good player and I'd, have, I'd expect him to really be kicking on next year, Joe Chan. Um, if he doesn't, I'll happily take him at Saints. <laughs> good, good second row. Um, yeah, I'll just touch on yeah. Piers Paul. Uh, World Cup rep last year was part of the 94-4 shellacking against Greece. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, he's played 20 games this year, three tries. Uh, we'll be competing for an edge spot because Lachlan Fitzgibbon's going to Leeds. That's to make Warren, sure because... Warrington? I, I always get them too confused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's going Warrington. <laughs> he's going to the wire? Okay. Yeah. To join Sammy Burgess. That's strange. It doesn't fit the mill of family violence, Sam Burgess. <laughs> But we'll, but we'll brush over that. <laughs> yeah, we'll brush over that. We'll brush over that for obvious reasons. But I want to go back to Will Price. Now, he has been part of... He's, he's still at Hull, isn't he? Huddersfield. Huddersfield now. He came okay. through at Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's never been uh, Hull. Oh, I'm thinking of somebody else. But good year for Huddersfield <laughs> this year for Leon Price. You've still, got, uh, you've still got Tansy on your mind. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why. But Leon Price wearing jersey number 32... Only the 16 games this year. Was it this year he got... Oh, sorry, it was last year. Last year he got sent off for last that horror spear for tackle. Awful spear tackle. I think he got 10 games for that. Injuries this year? Yeah. Um, no. He's uh, just been dropped. <laughs> he's, oh, he's, what? He's not been great this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Huddersfield have been a weird one this year because their squad on paper was really decent. Like, should really be a top four team. But... Um, They've kind of had a problem fitting the spine in. So they've they signed Jake Connor um in the off season, but I think that was to kind of replace Price for next season. So like when they've had him in, they they've they've not found a great combination between him, Lola here. They've got a player called Oliver Russell and obviously Farge. Price himself and Farge, but Farge has been injured most of this year. He's going back Catalan next year. So they mm-hmm. brought in Adam Clune from Newcastle. He's going to the next year. Good um, signing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how he'll go with partnership of Lola here because they're quite similar game styles from what I've seen. I think um, I'll just butt in quickly. I yeah, from what on. I've seen of Clune, like you've got your six I mean the Newcastle spine this year, Clune's had to be the game manager and I really think with Lollahinga being Lollahinga's still twenty eight, he's still in the prime of his career. So mad, he just seems like he's been around forever. This is his ninth season of professional rugby league. He made his debut in twenty fourteen. Wow, he's been stuck in England ever since the poor bugger. <laughs> no, he went the West Tigers. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah, he did go to the Tigers, but ultimately, uh, I think it can work that way. And yeah, it probably could then. The thing is, with Leon, with Leon, with Will Price, he's probably going to end up in the Bailey Hodgson role of back up to Caelan Ponga until he gets knocked out. Yeah, more than likely, especially with Lachlan Miller going out of the way. Um, yeah, so I don't want to so, talk about yeah. Bailey Hodgson, though, because this is something I brought up with you earlier in the week because I was talking about the quota system oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. players that come and go. Like, from what I've seen of Bailey Hodgson... And you could probably disagree because or agree banging on what you've seen in England of him, but I just felt like he was undersized as a fullback. And from what I saw in Cup, there was nothing really to say, 
oh, pick me, I'm next. Oh, pick me, I'm ready to go. It just seemed like yeah. he was waiting for an opportunity, which never came. And he ended up getting dropped, not only to reserve grow, but he ended up going back to the under-21s. Jeez. Um, yeah. I don't know, because he never actually... I don't think he played for Hull KR when he was here. I think they signed him direct from the academy. I may be wrong on that, but he definitely didn't play many games for them. Um, played so one I game of Super just... League. Ah, oh, one. Well, that makes sense. Kind of fits in the Dom Young. The only reason I seen Dom Young was he made his debut against Saints. That's mm-hmm. the only reason I seen him. Um, dropped two balls in his debut as well, so some things don't change. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I still won't forgive him for that one he dropped to get ah, in the World Cup. Was it against Samoa when he was yes. un- unchallenged? And I was like, what is he doing? Oh, no, um, the commentator put him under the ball. He's like, he's not going to drop this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, no, that's the Dom Young. That's the Dom Young, I know. Um, but, yeah, so I've never actually seen him play over here because, um, like, the academy system, because I think he joined just before COVID or that COVID year, maybe, mm-hmm. um, to Newcastle. So, yeah, um, not really seen much of him. Uh, I've only ever heard much of him, and that was kind of from, like, newspaper reports or... And or articles of sin where it's kind of been like, especially start of the season where they were like, oh, Ponga's going six. Who's going to play fullback? Is it going to be Bailey Hodgson? Is it going to be? So, uh, but I could see him coming back over here, um, especially now he's off contract and kind of not, I don't know if he'll find another team over there. And going off what you're saying, being dropped to under 21s, it kind of sounds like um, he might need it for A, a confidence boost. And also he, he may actually just find a spot somewhere over here and especially with the quota system and the way it works having someone who's english who's spent a couple of years in australia under australian coaches they can come over and kind of have an influence regardless of age as well 100 percent, mate um yeah your chance to turn on to me my roosters got knocked out of the finals last uh on friday night 18 13 to the melbourne storm (sighs) jesus mate yeah, I was in work, so I didn't catch it. But then I watched it back when I got home. Um, and I thought it was very unlucky. Um, obviously, not only with the, the knock-on that never was. <laughs> Thank <laughs> but, you for rubbing uh, the more salt in the wound. Yeah, well, I just... You know what, though? I think I think you can hold your head up high um, as a rooster. I know it's disappointing to be knocked out and whatnot, but... You've got to look at this year. At the start of the year, I didn't think you made the playoffs. Mid-season, I thought they're definitely not making the playoffs. And somehow you scraped into the playoffs. <laughs> so I think the season as a whole, from I think it's a big learning curve from them. And also the, the way they've, they've kind of kicked on from even like Justin Holbrook joining the coaching staff. Um, I don't know if that's had any influence, but it seems like from the time he sort of joined, you've... Your performances have definitely uptaked. I don't know if that's the Saints bias in me, hoping that that's true. <laughs> um, but, just because um, I absolutely adore him. And the fact that yeah. they have Warrington fans on strings was even better. <laughs> I can't wait for Justin, to be honest. I just think he's going to do wonders for Sam Walker because we're still going to have a structure in place that will allow Sammy Donnelly to still continue developing as a game manager, which I think has been the strength of his game the last couple of weeks. I can't believe he dropped him. Like, of all the players at the start of the year, I didn't think he was the worst. 
to drop. I'll I put my hand up. Far from the worst. I I wouldn't have dropped. I'll put my hand up. Right. Just because from it's just because he's English, isn't it? No, no, <laughs> no. We're, like, we're still I'll... we're still grabbing him as an Englishman. He was born in Leeds. We're, we're still taking... classing him as English. <laughs> Take for the internationals, but I just just from the way from watching the Roosters at the start of the year, he was lacking everything Robbo said he was. There was no game management. There was yeah. he tried to go for the big play too often, and mm-hmm. he just tried to do too much and too little. And that's why when I look back at some of those early losses, like that Cronulla game, we should have won. That Melbourne game was better than the 28-8 to scoreline suggested. Even the Dolphins game in round one this season. Yeah. And then ever since he's come back, there's been a more uniformed approach to the team until obviously last week where we lost about, we lost three-thirds of our three, back line. Three, four players, yeah. <laughs> we lost three-thirds of our back line. And obviously that's going to cause some problems. But I'm very happy with some of our forwards. See why Wong has developed so Mate, much. he... Is unbelievable. How old is he? He is. I think I've got it up right here. He is twenty years of age. It's a joke, mate. It's kind of like, well, I know Nanai was younger when he made his debut, but he is so good, and he's got to be playing for New Zealand at the end of the year. He's got to be. Yeah, like, and if they're not, if they've not already got him on the phone, they need to be picking it up because he looks unreal. Michael Maguire's already done that, apparently, which is a good thing for oh, them. Oh, that's great. Another one that I was impressed with, Terrell May off the bench, number 16. He yeah. was, he has been great the last couple of I weeks. I didn't even, even recognise him as a May brother. He is huge. <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he's different to all the other ones. There's none of the excess baggage. Hopefully. I mean, he's still young enough to, to develop he, that. <laughs> he's working in disability care, mate. He's doing very well for oh, himself. even better. Even better. What a man. Yeah, you know, I'm big fan it doesn't run in the family. Yeah, all the better. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he looks good as well. He, yeah, he runs I'm, good lines as well. Yeah, good lines, runs hard, takes the offload away. Um, but ultimately, there's another young man that I really love at the club, and I've mentioned him more than one occasions before. Uh, and he'll probably get re-signed with the money from Angus Crichton departing. And that's Nafahu White off the bench. He didn't play this week, but I have rambled on about this bloke for months on yeah. Twitter. I really love him. Like, leg speed, mongrel up front, good offload. My fear is that the second he goes, he's going to be day one starter. He's going to be a walk-up starter. He's going to turn into one of the better forwards in the competition. <laughs> yeah. Why, I is genuinely he, believe. Is he, go? <laughs> is he going oh, I... or is he goes as in goes on, on the pitch? <laughs> <laughs> but again, um, what else do I have here to discuss? Okay. So... But also, ne- next year, is it true that you're signing Thompson? Because that's what I've heard. Uh, he wants to come. The question is about our salary cap. I mean, obviously, for those listening in Australia, laugh at us because I'm a rooster supporter talking about a salary cap. <laughs> But I mean, Brave and Asta was it? Who, yeah, who was he that? had some choice <laughs> words in, in Jammer's in Jammer's podcast. But I mean, there was there was a who was oh it was that Oracle who was like, wow, they they're going to be annoyed at this. I was like, mate, I was like, you've taken a little snippet out of a whole 
hour, yeah. nearly two hour interview where he absolutely praises the club and like everything else. It was like, shut up, stop trying to make a story out of a nothing thing. Yeah, it's just like over the like as much as our media is shit, your media is too OTT. Oh, it's like, gutter. Fuck, it's awful. Like especially mainstream media. Like, I used to watch NRL three hundred and sixty. I don't even turn <laughs> on now. Like you know, like you about five, four decisions ago. And like I was like, nah, I'm not even wasting my time. It's just drivel, and that is all it is. It's just ramblings of morons trying to get clicks. <laughs> But, like, they don't even make good points. Like, John Wilkin, at least, like, when he gets stuff that, you know, gets fans, a lot of his points are decent and, like, well-informed. He just puts it forward in such a straightforward manner. Whereas over there, it's just, like, they pick the smallest bit out of a bigger story and make that the big story. And it's just shit journalism. It's lazy journalism. It's not even good. And it's just... It's kind of like what our football... Um, media's like over here. It's just like it's a little of a a lot of a little. That's what it is, <laughs> and it's just awful. I hate it. Yeah, it it is absolute go. That's why we're trying to change it on our Twitter at the League Scene Pod. We're up to let me make sure I get this right. Seventeen hundred yeah, followers. Like yeah, that's at good. The moment. We are growing rapidly again. Massive thanks to everyone for. That and just before we wrap up today, uh, I'm gonna let's have a little bit of a prediction of this Super League finals. Now, I'm gonna have to hmm. ask you to take off the St. Helens hat. Yep, <laughs> how do you see hey, it? I will happily be, I'm, I'm happily neutral when it needs to be. So, before we get into the finals predictions, I want to get your thoughts on the season, Paul Wellens. Taken over the reins as coach from Christian Wolf after yep. winning the three straight premierships. How do you rate Wolfie's first season? Wolfie? Oh, not Wolfie. <laughs> Paul Wellens' first season. I was going to say, if, hey, if Wolfie wants to come back, I will happily take it. How do you he rate his like, first season? He can, he can, yeah. So how can I rate Wellens' season? Uh, started off amazingly, obviously heading off to Australia. Um, wrapping up another trophy to add to our cabinet. Um, so that was a real high point for his season. People have got to remember it is his debut season. He's learning on the job. Like, it's how you kind of do it. Like, it doesn't matter how good of an assistant coach you are, whether you're over here or in Australia, you only know if they're a good coach when they start being a coach. You know what I mean? Like, you've mm-hmm. seen it with Seraldo at the Bulldogs. You've seen it with Trent Barrett. You know, it's kind of like you can be the best assistant in the world. It's how you then become a head coach. And the first year is always a turbulent year. You know, everyone's wrote us off this year. Saints have gone so under the radar. And it is amazing because the past four years we've been on everyone's lips as, yeah, they're going to win it. They're going to win it. And now we're coming in as underdogs, which is mental when... You know, we've won the World Cup Challenge, we're on level points at the top of the league, but people are still not talking about us being contenders. We've got the best defence in the league. We've got, you know, our defensive structure is so much like um, an NRL team. It's an actual ridiculous, like how we set up with the compact defence and the the way we slide. We've got the best slide in defence in the league and I reckon probably one of the top three in 
the world. I, I really think that. Um, and Wellens going from attacking coach last year to defensive coach has been, you know, you can still see the Wolf influence. So I'm really pleased with the way things are going. I think he's handled the job of the media as well really well. Um, he's had a couple of outbursts, but what coach doesn't? Um, <laughs> in it, but like he's he's always done it kind of controlled. Apart from when um, uh, John Asiata, yeah, the ended challenge two of our players' seasons, uh, and two other players were out for another month due to four of his tackles. Um, what? Which yeah, so one player wiped out four players. I got props. told this by friend of the show, yeah. Hayley, Super League juggernaut fan. Uh, she told me about it. I was just like, I have to see this to believe this. And I watched the game back because I think it was on uh, KO. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this not a fucking red card? He's done four tackles. Yeah, yeah. He's literally, mate, the, the way his tackling technique is, is legal. And it shouldn't be. Like, he's full on going side on yeah he's going to do more damage to him eventually but at the minute it's just there's players going down with ACLs at a rate of not so Iggy Parsi when it first happened was looking like he was done he was retiring it was that bad he he broke and dislocated his ankle done his MCL and ACL all in one tackle oh shit yeah so he'll be out for 18 months from the injury. He's now just had, he, he had ankle surgery. That was then fixed and recovered. He had to wait for his MCL to heal. And now he's just had his operation on his ACL. So oh. you're talking 12 months from now before he's back. Wormsley did his MCL, um, complete tear. He had to have an operation on that. It's like unheard of to have an operation on your MCL, but it was in that bad of a state. He had to have one. Um, and he was contemplating just ending his career now because he was like, if these tackles are going to carry on, I really don't want to be playing rugby league. Um, and then LMS did his MCL, but it was only a light tear. And I can't remember the other player, but he was he was out for another three weeks. I think it might have been Morgan Knowles was out for three weeks with a knee injury. And it's just... So he, he had that one major outburst and also in the same game, T. Ritson got pulled back and they ended up scoring and winning the game from that try, which, you know, you don't lose a game on a referee's decision. I always say that. You've got 80 minutes to win a game, and if you're more pissed off at a referee's decision than your own team's performance, then there's something not right with your mindset and your um, your uh, attitude towards the game in itself. Um like you can be, you can be annoyed. Yeah, you can be annoyed in the immediate after effects. But I think once you watch one game back, I think you can kind of go, yeah, you know what? We had more chances to win it than the referee taking off us. Um, so yeah, I think his maiden season has been a really good, solid start. Um, I'm not as impressed on our attack at the minute. Um, you know, I think we've got about fourth or fifth best attack in the league, which isn't the greatest. Um, but our defence just outranks everyone. I think we've conceded an average of about 12 points a game. 13.62. Um, oh, was it 13? That's not too bad. And then, uh, but last year it was, last year at under Wolf, I think we got up to like round 20 and we was averaging eight points a game. And then I think it crept up to about 12, 13. 
by yeah, the end of the finished year. Finished the year at thirteen point eight five. So there you go. So our defense has improved on last year at the minute, um, per game. So you going to rest players in that final round though? Uh, we are against Hull FC, but I think we've got to go because. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, all depends. <laughs> I'm a big fan of T Ritson. Pe- yeah, so am I. But it's one of them because we've got John Benison, who, by the way, mm-hmm. is an absolute unbelievable talent. Um, I, I've, I adore him. <laughs> and we've got Tommy <laughs> Makinson. It all depends if he gets a band because he had two eye shots that came off the shoulder upwards. But at the minute, they're giving bands and fines away for nothing. So he'll probably get a game ban. So in which case, Ritson, the tie wonder can uh, jump on on that wing so I'll be uh, I'll be happy either way I love him I think he's really gone from championship to super league level um really well especially at 27 years of age like yeah. not many players make that step up that late on and be able to at least compete um so that that's really impressed me his attitude apparently in training is ridiculous he's so good apparently that's which which you can't fault, and especially for a player who's on loan, I, f- I believe we've renewed him. Um, but I'll have to double check. He was at Barrow that. last year, I believe. Yeah, he was at Barrow. Um, I know. Yeah, stuff. He... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barrow Raiders, and uh, he was playing fullback. The um, yeah, he's he's rapid, but we haven't really had a chance to see it <laughs> because the times we have had a break, the centre hasn't passed at him. And it's just like been so frustrating. I just want to see him run. I just want to yeah. see him get his legs going. It's kind Fair of enough. like, um, yeah. So it's kind of like when when you just want to see Dom Young run because they're so quick. Or like when we used to have Darren Albert playing when I was a kid. You just wanted Fingers to see crossed. him in open space. So it's kind of the same. Or Regan Grace last year. So yeah. So <sighs> first year, great. Um, I don't know how the finals are going to go, to be honest. I really don't. I can't yes. predict them. Yeah, so we still far. have Southard trying to get in there with Warrington, who started the year. Yeah! They won their first eight games. Then Daryl Powell probably blew the place up and absolutely <laughs> detonated it. They only won, Mate. after their first eight games, they've only won six since. Yeah, and I think they've picked up, I think, three wins in four the last couple of weeks. Maybe? Two out of their last four, and, they've, oh, and Powell's already walked. Four, yeah, well, Powell got sacked. I predicted that in February. Uh, I put a tweet out predicting that um, they'd have an awful start to the season. Daryl Powell will get sacked and they'll replace him with Sam Burgess. Um, I got the first bit wrong. I got the first bit wrong, but everything else has so far gone <laughs> gone straight to a premonition. Well, premonition in it. It's gone to plan, it's mate. To, it's all gone to plan. Um, so yeah. they they they've they've had a strange year. Um, obviously they had Maguire at the start of the year. He got, I think, suspended for seven games and then suspended for a further twelve. And that was the stuff with Charlie, sacked. wasn't it? Yeah, he he called his um son, who's autistic apparently, uh, a slur. So then got banned for seven games. This was in a pre-season game as well. It wasn't even like anything. Then went um, again. And then when they played each other again, apparently in a tackle he said it. And Charlie went up to the referee and reported it straight away. So then he just got it was just kind of like he said this, he said that. I mean, it fits his kind of characteristic, doesn't it? Let's face it. Yeah. 
He's like, he's he probably went up to Chris Kendall and was like, Oi, ref! Uh, 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 Josh said something! <laughs> but it's but, just weird. It's just like, yeah, they've had a, the most weird season imaginable, I think. Because like, after eight games, I remember fans going, this is the greatest Super League side I've ever seen. And then after that, they've all been like, oh, relegate them. <laughs> they they, they like... got the full Matthew Dufty experience. Oh, mate. Please, if you haven't watched that game yesterday, watch it. Just for Matt Dufty. Honest to God, they had him at first receiver for the start, which you should never do with Matt Dufty. <laughs> so the tactics were wrong. He was then out of position for... If not, just watch Moses and Barry's last try. Oh, did you um, let him score? Yeah, straight from dummy half, because he was just not in position. <laughs> right on the line, he just went, doosh, over. <laughs> oh, back, my fucking God. He went, off, he went off on the wing, predicting that we'd go out wide, and Moses and Barry just picked it up and went, ah, oh, over we go, and then just looked at... <laughs> Dufty had just started laughing at him. His former teammate <laughs> just going, yeah, he's never in position. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Fair so good. enough. Hey, but one thing you got to know is Matt Dufty's too good for Super League. <laughs> did you ever read that article? I did read that Matt Dufty yeah. too good for Super when, League article. When, when Saints offered him a year deal. And he was like, nah, I'm not going to go there. I'm too good for Super League. And he's not even in the top five fullbacks in Super League at the minute. Which I'm sure many Australians listening will be proud to hear. Oh, I'll read this quote from Daryl Power. Daryl Power believes Matt Dufty could be an acquisition to match Jay Field. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh. Well, Jay Field couldn't even make it in Australia. So that just sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. But back to, back to the NRL. Do yep. you see Penrith getting beat? No. You see them going for the free peat, matching Parramatta's fate of the 80s? I really do. Uh, I said it at the start of the year. Um, obviously, they had the little wobble after the World Cup Challenge hangover that, you know, Saints had. Um, but honestly, mate, I just... That defence is unreal. It's not it's the best just... in NRL history. I've had a look at the stats. I think no, their defence no, last no. year was better. Yeah, yeah, but it's just... It just seems to be that machine, and it's just relentless. That just, I, there's no other way to describe it other than a machine. It's mm-hmm. it, and they were teams down like I've never seen. Like the amount of even building pressure on the opponent's line, I think they're one of the best at it, if not the best, because it's just. It's constant. Um, the, the last tackle plays from Cleary as well tend to be on the money 90% of the time. If you have a mm-hmm. halfback that can do that, then you just, you, you're going to win everything. As much 100%. as Reynolds can do it for Brisbane, I just think I think Brisbane have got to play a very, very, very good game to even, like, to, to win against Match Imagine Penry. what they did in round one. True. True. Built, like and they're said, World Club Challenge hangover. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that was that was a perfect game plan. Plus, you add Reese Walsh back in at fullback. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. I think we're just assuming they're going to get past the Waz, but the Waz could surprise. And with SJ back in the side, I, that could be yeah. very interesting. I think the best chance for Penrith to get beat is if they play Brisbane. I think. I think Warriors. Warriors against that defense will panic a lot more. And then once they start panicking, that's when Penrith capitalise. 
Mm-hmm. Um, even with Sean Johnson and the way he's played this year, I think there's that panic that'll set in. Um, when like you know, like they keep him out constantly. Like they just say, "Run at us, run at us." And the moment that they can't get past them and start throwing that ball around is the moment Penrith will capitalise, and that'll just be it. I, I just, it's got to be Brisbane Penrith final for anyone to beat Penrith. Um, Good call, mate. In my really? opinion. Yeah, that's fair enough, mate. Really good call. That's going to wrap us up for our state of the game. Looking at Australia and Britain. Johnny, mate, thank you so much for coming on. Cheers. Thank you very much. And uh, don't forget to check out my podcast. <laughs> yep. Shout it out. Shout it out. You get your chance. Come on. It's, it's the Ramblings of a Saint podcast at Rambling Saint 7 on Twitter. And I'm John Lou 13 on Twitter. Thank you very much. Thanks, Johnny. We'll catch you for our next edition of the League Scene.